This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Jim Jack Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, with my wonderful co-host, Scott Klein. And of course, we are without Hunter Evans for a second straight podcast, at least. Feels like 17 to me. He's again too busy with his football and coaching activities to join us this week, but make sure to go give him some crap on Twitter. (laughs) I'm sure he'll enjoy it. And uh, while you're at it, just give him some crap for being an Alabama fan on there, too. <laughs> you know? We're going to get into some Alabama football talk. Yeah, some yeah, Nick yeah. Saban talking about Cam Robinson talk. Uh, we'll get into a lot of stuff today. Again, this is the 28th episode of the Gin Jag podcast. You can follow Generation Jaguar online at genjag.com. We've got all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, updates, everything you want. Video updates, obviously we have podcasts. Um, You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar, on Twitter at Generation Jag. Follow Scott Klein at ScottKlein1 on Twitter. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And uh, thanks for joining us today. We've got some fun stuff to get into. However, this really is the beginning of the real dead period in the NFL. Um, there's not going to be a lot of news that comes out in between now and training camp, really. Yeah. Except uh, for the freak occurrences, <laughs> guys getting DUIs, domestic <laughs> yeah. violence. That's the type of crap you're going to hear in the next couple months, but you'll hear some minicamp updates, but rookie minicamp, what does it mean, really? Not a whole lot. That's going to uh, be held this weekend for the Jaguars, starting Thursday. Uh, so we'll get into some rookie minicamp talk, talk about the rookies, some expectations of those rookies. and Tom Coughlin spoke with um, 1010XL yesterday. And he had a, quite a few things to say about Blake Bortles, D.D. Westbrook, Cam Robinson, Dwayne Smoot, or Dewan Smoot, I believe it actually is. Okay. Uh, still not a confirmation on that, but every time I've heard it lately, I hear Dewan. So we're going to roll with that. Um, again, Nick Saban spoke about Cam Robinson. Dewan Smoot also t- spoke to 1010XL. He had some interesting comments about himself. Uh, We're going to look at the Jaguars that need to improve most in 2017. 
And we'll also look around the web at some interesting things that uh, some other guys are writing about the Jaguars. So let's go ahead and get to it, Scott. We'll start off with Tom Coughlin speaking. Uh, the most important, if you could say any of this stuff is really important, is obviously Blake Bortles. Live and die by the sword. That's right. So Coughlin basically, to give you the extremely shortened version of what he said, he said Blake Bortles is progressing, but he's seeing some things he likes from Bortles in terms of mechanics, some things he doesn't. Uh, he said Bortles has been working hard, but at the end of the day, he also said there's no live bullets flying right now. So, yeah. At the end of the day, what we've seen from Blake Wardles is what it is. It's a guy running around without pads on, without guys trying to hit him. And he's looked pretty good. It's a lot easier to go through your mechanics and, and you know, make sure you're doing everything when a 280-pound defensive end isn't going to be breathing down your neck. Right. And even still, it looks different than it did yeah, last mean, year. And it, it even looked different the last couple games of last season. If you go back and look at it, under Marone being head coach and Hackett being coordinator, he did play a lot better. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any reason to believe Houston, he's going to magically become a pro bowler. But The Houston game at the end was pretty bad. Yeah, it was. But uh, that was a disappointing effort for everyone yeah, involved. It was just a that, was a, that was a debacle. Defense fell apart against Tom Savage. Oh, my goodness. Jeez Louise. That's rough. But what you need to know, Blake Bortles has done everything he needs to do this offseason. It appears to this point his mechanics are much improved, but there's a long way between now and September. Yeah, the direction of the Jaguars is going to be the direction of Blake Bortles. Well, I I think that that's fair, and everyone is always going to say, you know, quarterback, most important position. It is the most important position. I think this team might be able to not necessarily thrive, but be extremely competitive even if Blake Bortles doesn't play great. Or even if he doesn't play good. They were even competitive last year. It just, down the stretch at the end of the games, it's just the defense can only do But I think this team, with the added playmakers on defense, added playmakers on offense, could even win games in spite of Blake Bortles, which is something they couldn't really yeah. do. Yeah, I agree. And to I was I was more saying there there's Blake Bortles is the dude. He's if if you're if you're gonna be benching him, you got Chad Henney or Brandon Allen. You've got Brandon Allen. Yeah, pretty much. So I mean You're not putting Chad Henney in. If if Blake Bortles gets benched six games in the season, you know what kind of season it's gonna be. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be one where you're trying to make something out of it, try and get something to build on next year, but most likely you're looking at another top ten finish and uh, in the draft order. Right. Not, <laughs> not, 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 I'm not talking the about wrong it. type of top yeah. ten finish. The only type of top ten finishes we've known for the past few years. Well, I think since 08-ish. Yeah. Maybe 2010. We were 8-8-2010. For a way back moment here, Jaguars 8-5 and five heading into the final three weeks of the 2010 season. Maurice Jones drew still in his prime. DG's on the team, still quarterbacking. And what do they do? 
Do you know? Probably kiss. What? What's that? Do you know what they did in the last three games of 2010? Oh, didn't they lose them all? Were, yep. they, were we in contention? Contention? Yeah, they were eight and five. five. They were going to go yeah. to the playoffs. Lose mm. the last three games. That's pretty much the end of success in Jack Del Rio's career oh. for the Jaguars and the Jaguars organization as a whole. Yeah, it's been that was the last time that you felt this team was really a team. Mm-hmm. When they were 8-5 and in the last three games of that season. So, just a little Jaguars trivia going back there. But move on to D.D. Westbrook. Tom Coughlin also spoke about him. He said D.D. Westbrook d- does have a counseling situation. Whatever sure. that means. I think that just means he's in counseling. It's just an odd way of saying it. And I'm sure it, it's going to be something that's going to follow him his whole career. I mean, Hopefully. He's going to be doing things, off-the-field things, as far as, I, I would hope, raising awareness on domestic violence and, you know, seeking counseling and seeking help right. to hopefully, you know, make sure nothing like that ever happens again. Yeah. But And as he should. I mean, that's that's probably one of the stipulations. Like, hey, you know, we're going to take a chance on you. We want you to, you know, give some in return. Give some assurances that, you know, you're going to do everything you can. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And Coughlin pretty much echoed everything that we've said and everything that most fans have said about Westbrook. I mean, the talent there sitting in the fourth round, it is just hard to pass on. Especially when you're a team that has now your workhorse back. You've got your... You've got three really good wide receivers, mm-hmm. but you don't have the one that is just faster than everybody yeah. on the defense and they can take the top off, and that's D.D. Westbrook. Now, not a lot of people have been talking about the fact that he's only 175 pounds, but he can put on some weight, and I know a guy that Scott Klein over here is pretty fond of that uh, didn't weigh too much heading into his rookie year last year either that did pretty well in the NFL, Tyreek Hill. Oh, well, another guy who's got... Yeah, they've got issues. a lot of interesting similarities. Yeah. Tyreek Hill and D.D. Westbrook. But he is leading me to, hopefully, the Super Bowl this year in Madden. That's right. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Scott's Madden team plug there. <laughs> Speaking of plugs, we forgot to plug Bold City Brewery at the beginning of the show, so we'll get into that right now. Make sure to check out Bold City Brewery at boldcitybrewery.com. They are our only sponsor for the Gin Jag podcast. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And you can also find them at their original location on Roselle or their new location on East Bay Street in downtown Jacksonville in the Elbow. Uh, They've got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. It's right when you get off the Main Street Bridge onto East Bay Street, so make sure to go check them out. And again, check out their website, boldcitybrewery.com. Um... Cam Robinson was also spoken about by Tom Coughlin in his interview. The Jaguars apparently expected Robinson to go in the top 15 to 20 picks, yeah. which isn't an unreasonable... That's kind of where I thought he would that's be. Not, yeah, it's not an unreasonable expectation or feeling based on what was going on in the draft and what was going on prior to the draft. I kind of believed he would make it a little bit longer. Scott called me a little crazy for yeah, that. I, I thought you were nuts. <laughs> but it did work out for the Jaguars, and he fell all the way 
to the second round. And at that point, the Jags said, we know we have to move up this pick and make sure we get him because there's going to be other people calling trying to get him. And they were probably even worried Seattle with the pick yeah. might even consider taking because they need they have some needs on the offensive line as well. Yeah, I would imagine the Jaguars would have been okay even if Robinson had been taken because there was other guards still available. Forrest Lamp was sitting right there. But, right. I mean, clearly you would want the guy who's got potential. And I just said guards. Potential. He's a left tackle. Yeah. Nick Saban believes he's a left tackle. Dave Caldwell believes he's a left tackle. He's a left tackle. We'll get into the Nick Saban talk a little bit later. But if you're inside the Jaguars organization right now, you just landed your workhorse running back in the first round, who by all accounts, and in my opinion too, he's like the reincarnation of Bo Jackson. Uh You've got him in the first round, and then you believe this guy who should be a top 20 pick, he drops to you all the way in the second round, and you're sitting really pretty. These two guys are elite players at their positions. Cam Robinson was the number four overall prospect in his high school class coming out. In that same high school class, Leonard Fournette was number one overall. These are two guys that have been at the top of their respective positions their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And they should both be ready to come in and contribute immediately. It's it's, Watching Gabe Robinson play, at times he just looks bored. Yeah. Well, I think Nick Saban, I guess we can go ahead and talk about what Nick Saban had to say. He was asked if Cam Robinson should play guard or tackle. And Saban, to comment on what you were saying, said... He played down to his competition at times. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I could imagine going in, being a top five, top five guy in your class, going to Alabama. A lot of times you're playing against just some of the best players that college football has to offer. And then you got to go play some crappy player. <laughs> you're like, it's got to be tough to get up for games like that. Yeah, but I mean, you'd like to have a killer instinct that... No matter who's in front of you. You're right, but I'm just kind of talking about it from the human side. Obviously, football-wise, as a football fan, as a Jaguar fan, like, I don't give a (laughs) shit who you're lined up against. Go kick his ass. I mean, yeah, if if you're looking at a team where you're going to blow them out by 45, I mean, it's you're kind of just going through the motions at that point. Yeah. So, he's not going to have... Situations like that in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Every pass rusher that he's going to be going up against is going to be a beast. So we're going to find out, was it actually him playing down to his competition or was it maybe a lack of focus mm-hmm. and just a lack of consistency? Because he's got to play consistent every, yeah. every down, every game. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you see what happens. You look like Luke Jokel. Yeah, because right. Luke Jokel for a lot of his career played pretty solid football, mm-hmm. but he always had that one to two plays in a game where you're just like, oh lord. Where it was, I think it was the year before last where he, before he actually got moved to guard, where he was playing good for most of the year, and then the Houston game. Happened. Oh yeah, at left tackle in 2015, and it just all he played really well. His last game though, he got abused. 
And he got abused by Whitney Merciless. Yeah. Not J.J. Watt. Yeah. Whitney Merciless. Who's a good player. But I think he gave up three sacks in and, that and game to Whit- just, Whitney Merciless. Just talked down to him. He had a terrible year. He sucked. Blah, blah, blah. And they just... It's the last thing they saw. Yeah. It's just that one game where, you know, he just got overmatched. Yeah. I think the honest expectation for the Jaguars is Cam Robinson to start at left tackle. Yeah. For in this in this season. I think yeah. they want him to start at left tackle and I think that's reasonable. And I honestly think he can beat out Brandon Albert. Yeah. I think Brandon Albert's washed up. I think he knows he's washed up. He's gotta show up first. I think Seek. Well yeah, obviously he's gotta show up. I don't think that's gonna be a huge issue. It could be. Yeah. It very well We'll see be. when it starts being mandatory and if he's missing paychecks. For some reason, I just get the idea that that's not going to happen. Though. Yeah. But, you know, that would be a very Jaguar thing to happen. <laughs> Let's trade. trade for this left tackle, and then he's never even going to show up. And Julius Thomas is over here taking a pay cut. Right. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. But I expect Cam Robinson to start this year. Most people think it'll be at guard. You got you got to want the young guy to come in and I'm, just take the position. NFL.com's Chase Goodbreed or Goodbread, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He thinks that Cam Robinson could most likely start at right tackle year one. And while I do believe he would beat out Jeremy Parnell yeah. in a competition, I think that the Jaguars don't have that position open for competition. Yeah, they've they've stated that pretty pretty comfortable with Parnell at the right tackle. And but. They've all of those comments about the offensive line made by Dave Caldwell and the rest of the organization were prior to realizing that they could snag Cam Robinson yeah. in the second round. Like that's something a lot of people don't really understand. I don't think is all these moves that were made prior to Cam Robinson and everything that they said prior to Cam Robinson was prior to Cam <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> It was prior to them thinking that Cam Robinson would be on the team. It was prior to them thinking that Cam Robinson would be there in the second round. Yeah. Cam Robinson was not in the plan for the Jaguars. Yes. He wasn't. They're very happy to have him. And now it's basically just list the top five guys and fit them in. I hope that that you can know. be done, but that's a very uh, oversimplifying yeah. it in it, my it, mind. It, it, you absolutely. Know. Cam Robinson's always played tackle. He might not be a fit at guard. You would think he would be since he's an excellent run blocker and can really use his lower body to power through linemen, but you don't know. He's never done it. He might not have the technique for it. Uh, Brandon Albert on the same end. You know, do you, are you yeah. really going to stick him at guard if he loses out at the left tackle composite competition? You don't know if he can do it. You don't know if he would do it. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a type of guy that he's no, going to be. Left he's going to be pissed off if he's asked yeah. to play left guard because this rookie <laughs> comes in and steals his spot. He seems like a very prideful guy. Yeah. In fact, I'm not going to say he seems like he is. You can tell oh, yeah. without a doubt. Uh, he's into himself. There's no doubt about it, and I think that's the type of mindset that can be good for a left tackle. But yeah, yeah, I mean. You want a guy to go out there thinking he can beat everybody that that comes up to him, but I mean, but you need to get him out there. He's thirty three. What the hell's he doing? He's thirty three. He's making like almost eight, I think, eight million dollars this year. I mean, get in here, work hard, prove that you're better than this rookie they just drafted, 
They get to work. Yeah. Yeah, somehow I don't think that that's the way things are going to play out in his mind. Hopefully I'm wrong on that one. Coughlin also mentioned uh, Dwan Smoot. He believes Smoot's going to contribute this year. Uh, I think we all believe that. To what extent he contributes is really the question. Um, He's going to be a rotational player on the defensive line. He's not going to surpass Calais Campbell in his first year. So there's limited... There's limited ways he can really earn a really significant amount of playing time. Oh, yeah. Injury is one way, obviously. You would hope that doesn't happen, but it is an option. If, if Unique Ngakwe goes down or Calais Campbell goes down or Malik Jackson goes down, maybe you see if Malik goes down, you could see Calais kick inside and play more at three technique, mm-hmm. get smooth out there more. If Unique went down, you could have... Smoot playing um, weak side defensive end instead of strong side. So there's ways that he could get on the field. But the way the depth chart looks, if there's no injuries, he's going to be limited. Yeah, I mean, he'll, and he'll be, he'll be exactly that. He'll be a rotational guy. I mean, they're, they're going to – got to get your guys off the field a couple plays a game. I mean, Cinderic Marks went crazy one season and played like 8,000 snaps just because we didn't have – much yeah. behind him. No doubt. This guy, this way you can keep him fresh the whole season. You know, he's he's a young guy. He's going to want to come out and prove everything he can. Um, he can come in. I tell you, he's going to come in, and the plays that he's in, he's going to try and whoop the guy yeah. that's across from him. Because this guy, he wa- he's hungry. He's a confident player. Yeah. We can segue that into the most... The most noteworthy part of his interview with 1010XL, he went in there and he said, I'm an elite player. I was an elite player, um, you know, according to draft, draft grades after last season, before 2016 season. I'm still the same player. I'm still an elite player. Well, you got five sacks last year. Yeah. That's not elite. You have elite traits. You have a spin move. Yeah. Most guys don't have that. Yeah. You have the ability to use your hands to work inside of a tackle. That's impressive. You show the ability to bend the edge. That's impressive. You show the ability to be a good run stuffer. That's impressive. But you didn't do any of that on an entirely consistent basis. Yeah. And I can I can see, like, even... Your I, boy... Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Carol Phillips had more sacks than you last year, and he didn't get drafted, and he's still on the Jaguars. He probably didn't have a tight end on, on his... Uh, that's true. Him and I'm, I'm him and Smoot, Smoot absolutely helped Phillips' production. Oh yeah, but when you can run away from the guy, I mean, it, it he's probably uh, on the. No offense to any Illinois fans out here, but he was probably the guy that you could be like, okay, we're not going to let this guy beat him, beat us. Yeah, I, do what I, he can, absolutely. annoy him. I don't think Illini fans would take offense to that. Like, no, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's more of a saying that not a, not a lot of their other football players are that good. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Their defense wasn't good. They got yeah. a score ran up on them yeah. every game I watched of uh, of a Dwan Smoot tape. Yeah. The score was awful. It was, it's rough. So, I mean, and that takes away from their, like, the teams are going to be running the ball a lot more. If they're focusing on him, like, hey, put a tight end over there, just – Annoy him all game. Make not let's not let this guy wreck, wreck shop. Um, so I mean, you see that a lot, and like 
when there's a focal point on a defense, offenses will scheme ways to get away from him, minimizes effort, minimizes impact. But I mean, that's five sacks. It's not. That's, that's not a lot. I mean, I don't see anything. I don't agree with what he said. Maybe. But I don't see anything wrong with him thinking that. Yeah. I think you want him to think mm-hmm. that, and that's the right attitude. As long as he's not saying, I'm an elite player, I don't have to work hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, if he's saying, I'm an elite player, I need to bust my ass to show everybody in the NFL what's up, then that's what you want. Yeah. That's that unique Ngakwe mindset, who was also a third-round pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been all over Twitter talking about, like, you know, Putting up videos of me, I'm, I'm working hard. I want to put everything I have into this. He talked, tweeting that unique. Like, let's go get this. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go wreck this league. I think that unique will no doubt be a positive impact on him. Oh, yeah. And I think hopefully they can feed off each other. And I think I think being taken, even if you have that mindset where I'm an elite player, when you have 67 other players, or 60, I think it was mid 60s pick before you. I think there were 69. Yeah, if, if there's that many players being picked before you, <laughs> that's uh, that's it's gonna leave a, a little chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and it's gonna he's gonna want to come. He better come to earn everything he gets out of this league. Well, I mean, if he doesn't, he's just not gonna find he's, the field. Yeah, he's just gonna be another player that just he's gonna be bouncing around team to team. Well, I mean, even like in the short term. If he doesn't come in ready to bust his ass, he's not going to find the field year one. I mean, this is a deep defensive line group, and there's guys that want it. So if he doesn't want it, he's going to – well, I don't think that's going to be an issue, to be honest. I think he wants it. Him and Unique are going to get after it, hopefully, for the Jaguars. Hopefully Dante will as well, but Smoot and Unique seem to just have that same mindset. Yeah. Me no, against the world. It's 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 awesome to see. Yeah, that's the type of guys you want to have on a football team. Now, rookie minicamp, like we said, is this weekend. It's not open to the public. Insert Tom Coughlin reference. <laughs> of course, it's not open to yeah. the public. Back in the day when Coughlin was around, the media was allowed to go, but they would have to stand like two or three football <laughs> fields away. That's crazy, Tom. <laughs> Come on, like. I think the media will be a little bit closer now, but we're not getting access as fans. So, not a big deal, but we're still going to have some uh, reports on Rookie Minicamp. We'll, we'll get out as much information as we can. What do you expect out of Rookie Minicamp? What do you want to see from these guys? Um, anything specific? You're going to see... I bet... Number one, Cam Robinson is just going to wow people in shorts. Just yeah, about, he's a just monster. His physicality. Well, not his physicality. His physique, his, his just the physical attributes. I mean, it's hard to see an offensive lineman in shorts and really say, okay, you know, this guy's going to be good. Yeah. But it's, you can, he's got, he checks off all the boxes. Yeah, he's got that left factor when he like. walks out of the locker room. Yeah. Calvin Beecham didn't have it. Luke Jokel didn't have it. This guy's 6'6", 320 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
We're gonna. I it's think, gonna be a mammoth walking yeah. out of that. Walking out of that locker room. When they, when, yeah, when the when the media is looking from two fields over and they see somebody, when they see people coming out of the of the locker room, they're like, who the who in the world is that mountain of a man? I think they be might be able to uh, get a little <laughs> bit closer to the players walking out of the locker room than two fields. But so, yeah, point he, well taken. He's gonna be a big a big just a physical freak kind of guy. Um, Leno Fournette, everyone's going to have his eyes on him. We're going to hear a ton about him. D.D. Westbrook is going to flash going one-on-one against corners. It's, it's going to be corners. ugly. It's going to yeah. be horrendous. I mean, the guys he's going to be going against, I mean, the highest touted one is Jalen Myrick or Myrick. I still don't know how to say his name either. I and mean, he's going to be another guy to flash. Yeah, you want to see that speed. Can he like if they get lined up against each other? That's going to be fun yeah. to watch. Have a little, have a little race. A little that's going to be really fun to watch if they get lined up against each other. Absolutely. What else are we looking at? Blair Brown. I want to see him look fast. Yeah, just want to really see him fluid. look like Telvin. Yeah, yeah, moving around the field well. I mean, he's he's known for just solidly being a solid tackler. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you want to see him be fluid. You know, move around the field really well. His, um, his best aspect of his game is his instincts, too. So you just you want to see him reading the play before you know what's happening. Yeah. And him getting to the ball quick. There's going to be, you're going to see Carroll Phillips, um, Hunter Dimmick. Um, they're going to be, it's defense, defensive ends going against tackles one on one is just, it's, it made Dante Fowler look like a pro bowler. <laughs> um, it really did. So, I mean, it, defensive ends are going to always look good in that. Drill unless they're just not good. Dante Fowler looked like a pro bowler. <laughs> yeah, against Tampa <laughs> when it was one-on-one. Well, yeah, and prior to that, before his ACL injury, right when he was drafted, he was looking like just incredible. Yeah. He was putting moves on guys like nobody's business, but obviously injuries... Yeah, I mean, Andres gonna, took away his rookie season. There's a lot of there's a couple undrafted rookies like the like the the, the guys that we mentioned. Um, there's a, a corner Kutcher. Yeah, I think that's his name. He's he's Middle a Tennessee real, State. He's a real chance to potentially make the roster if he plays well because we I mean we need depth we need depth at the corner. Um, Hunter Demick, that's a guy yeah. to keep an eye on. Big Utah, powerful dude. Thirteen and a half sacks, I believe, last year. I mean, how does that not get drafted? Um, you've got oh, this is a good segue for Didi and Amba Eta Tawo. Hopefully, I didn't totally butcher that. Those two guys, Pro Football Focus did some nice research. They had the most explosive plays. There was out of the top five. They were in college football last year. They were number three and four in the amount of explosive plays. Yeah, they, they both put up huge numbers. And speaking of pro football focus, a, a service we don't like much but quote a lot. I mean, I do <laughs> like it. I, I totally disagree that I don't like it. I find faults in a lot of what they say. It, it, it gives something related. But I like it a lot. I think it's an awesome service. Yeah. No question about it. Um, of the, they compared Blair Brown to the, the four running backs – Picked in the first round, um, that being Jared Davis, Reuben Foster, Lamar oh, McMillan. He's at running back. I'm sorry, linebackers. linebackers. I don't Blair know Brown is the Jaguars' fifth round linebacker, weak side. Calvin yeah. Smith backup. And they had uh, the, they compared him against the four uh, 
linebackers picked in the first round. He was rated higher than all except for Ruben Foster. In terms of just his overall Just grade. overall grade. At a and 92. again, that's against yeah. lesser competition, yeah. but it is damn impressive. And uh, to go back to the um, explosive plays for the wide receivers, out of the top five players in college football... Amba Etta, Tawo, and D.D. Westbrook were number four and five. They both had 15 receptions last year of at least 20, 20 yards. And the only players that were in front of them were Tawan Taylor, Shelton Gibson, and Chad Hansen, most of which were smaller school players. And so they, Etta, Tawo, and Westbrook both had 15, like I said. The average for a drafted wide receiver was only nine and a half. So that, that's explosive. Yeah. Okay. And Pro Football Focus also had the wherewithal to point out that in 2015, Blake Bortles ranked fifth in passer rating <laughs> of 20 plus yards, passes of 20 plus yards. Thanks, Alan Robinson. <laughs> in 2016, he was 27th. <laughs> so these two guys, hopefully, Edatawa maybe will be a practice squad guy. Who knows? If yeah. He probably won't be an active roster type of guy. Yeah, he'd have I mean, to. He'd really have to beat out Aurelius Ben, Brian Walters, um, Rashad Green, and he would he would probably have to show value in special, special teams. teams. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Any fifth wide receiver on this yeah. team has to have special teams mm-hmm. value. Um, but yeah, those guys they'll help out Blake. Obviously, DD will. I mean, yeah. I still just. Just thinking about what he can do for the Jaguars' offense is still just pretty, pretty mind blowing. Yeah, it's exciting. It really is. Again, you've been listening to the Gen Jag podcast. You can find us online at genjag.com. Follow us on social media: Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar, Twitter at Generation Jag. You can follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein One. Follow myself, Jordan Delugo, at Jordan Delugo on Twitter. Now, we've talked a bit about the rookies. Uh, back to what Nick Saban said about Cam Robinson. He was basically offended, obviously. He's offended at everything <laughs> yeah. that anybody asks him. <laughs> he was basically offended that uh, Cam Robinson was being mentioned as a guard. He's like, why would you do that? He's a guy that is as good of an NFL prospect as Alabama has had since Nick Saban's been there, according to Nick Saban. That is a freaking bold statement. Yeah, that says a lot. I mean, you've seen guys like Amari Cooper, all the great running backs, Derrick Henry, Eddie Lacy was big time coming out. Uh, Any of the 3,000 defensive, <laughs> defensive prospects that have been Yeah, drafted. I mean, Marcel Darius, there's just, the list goes on and on. And he's saying this guy's as good as any of them. You listen. Yeah. You listen to that, in okay. my opinion. That's a. That's that's a bold statement. And, of course, coaches do that all the time. But I don't think Nick Saban's going to say Cam Robinson is as good as they've had mm-hmm. unless he means it. Oh, yeah. Only thing he has to really work on for the most part is his upper body strength, which Coughlin also spoke on. And then he's just got to be a little bit better at uh, getting his hands on those speed rushers around yeah. the edge. And keeping his head on. He's, he's gotten in trouble with some just dumb penalties. Yep. And that's something I think 
that can definitely be worked on. Yeah. No question right. about it. But it's also something that you want to see some. It, it might be he's bored a little bit, like you yeah. said, and you know. He just loses his head because it's just like monotonous at times, you know? It has been for him and his career. There's been very monotonous times for him where he's just dominating fools. Yeah, even even against guys like Miles Garrett. Yeah. It, he never looked overmatched. Oh, no. He played very well yeah. against him. It's pretty impressive. So, I was thinking about a topic this week as we get into, again, like I said, the dead period of the National Football League. What Jaguars need to most improve in 2017? I think we all know the answer to the number one Jaguar that has to improve in 2017. You want to touch on that, Scott? Yeah, it's the big dog. It's the head honcho. It's the man with the Semi-golden arm? <laughs> Hopefully golden arm. <laughs> yeah. In 2017. I mean, it's, it's, the, the easy answer is Blake Bortles. I mean, he's if he becomes what he should be at this point in his career, you're looking at playoffs and bust. I mean, with this defense and with the playmakers around him, if he can put up even – it doesn't have to be Pro Bowl-type numbers, but just be more consistent with the football, don't turn the ball over, and make – plays on a consistent basis. You know how many turnovers he had last year? Too many. I, I stopped counting. I don't even... 24. <laughs> Eight lost fumbles. That's insane. 16 picks. That's so many possessions. Just lost. That's yep. insane. Man, I'd be happy if he threw like... 15 touchdowns and two picks. If he had like a David Garrard type of year, I'd be stoked. This team would be so solid if that happened. Yeah. They really would be. Because you would potentially also have a pretty dynamic running game. You would. I mean, I think they will. Yeah. It's going to be hard not to. Yeah, well. Last year going into the season, you're confident in Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon. Obviously, they both sustained injuries. Weren't as productive as they needed to be. Now those are your second and third guys, and in front of them is Bo Jackson's clone. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. You add Cam Robinson to beef up the offensive line. I'm just gonna call him. You four. add Brandon Albert. You still have Brandon Linder, who was PFF's um, one of his, their best centers and the highest rated Jaguar for PFF since 2011. Greg Jones, yeah. fullback. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> Brandon Linder's a great player. Yeah. AJ can they expect to step up? Yeah. Jeremy Parnell they expect to step up. There's a lot of there's a lot of hope and projection for those players though. As far as yeah, I think the Jaguars are confident in them. Yeah, well, I'm less confident. I think yeah. I think it is going to be hard for them not to have an explosive running game. Though. Yeah, I really do. There's just too much there to not have, it. and you. I don't think defenses are going to be able to load the box this year. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to. Blake's going to be more on the money. The receivers are going to be on more on the money. Nobody goes back and gives them as much flack as they deserved for last year. It would be hard to be as bad as it was last year. They had over it's 20 really- drops as a unit last year. And, I mean, they led, they led the league between Lee, Robinson, and Hearns and drops. And between a three-man receiving core. It's just unacceptable. So, I don't think that that will happen again at all. Yeah. I mean, 
no indication would lead you to believe prior to last year that that would have happened from those receivers. Yeah, like looking at the year 2015, A-Rob. And, and even 2014. Yeah. Robinson was injured a bit in 2014 for a lot of the season, but when he was in the game, he wasn't dropping balls. Hearns didn't drop any balls in 2015 either. They were just both so stellar in 2015. It's hard to believe that they're not going to bounce back. Yeah. They might not play as well as they did in 2015, but if they're three quarters of what they were in 2015, okay. this is going to be a dynamic offense again. Yeah, because they make just a handful of, of the catches that were capable of they were making last year. It changes the complexion of games entirely. Because yeah. there were some big-time plays in big-time situations that they just didn't, they wouldn't come through. Yeah. So now... We've been on a little bit of a rant here. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about Blake Bortles needing to improve. But I guess the point of all that is everything around him needs to improve. Yeah. And if that happens, he will be improved. Yeah. In my mind. 100%. I mean, there's no question about it. Now, our next one, maybe not necessarily needing to improve that much, but he has a ton to okay. prove. Okay. Miles Jack. Yeah, still somewhat of an unknown commodity. Well, somewhat. You know he can play linebacker, safety, and nickel. <laughs> you know he can cover anybody on the field. What you don't know is if he can handle the responsibility of being a defensive leader and being essentially the defense's cap- captain at middle linebacker, the guy who's going to be making sure everyone's lined up in the right spot. He's going to have to call plays at times. He's going to have to be the heart and soul of that defense. He's got the physical ability, but if he doesn't have it on the mental side, which we really do not know yet, yeah. it's going to be a rough transition for him if he does not have the mental side of the game down. What do you think? Uh, if, you had to, if you had to wager a bet, how do you think Miles Jack's 2016-2017 season plays out? I mean, we've been clamoring for this guy to to replace him since halfway through last season. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's something that we've been hoping for. Um, physically, he's got everything you want. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take him being able to shore up in the middle of the field and not just be a complete liability in coverage. Yeah. Um, guys are going to have to step up and, and, and recognize things that maybe – in the past, they would just rely on pause to do, but they're professional athletes, and they've been doing this for years and years, and they watch film. So, I mean, I, I understand pause. He might see much more slight variations and, and might pick up on things that other people don't see, but the drop-off I don't think will be as big because these guys are pros. I mean, they watch film too. They might not be as gifted has gifted eyes as paws, but I mean, they're, they're going to have to pick up the slack. But there's also nothing saying, or yeah, nothing that would lead us to believe that he might not be just as talented as paws as a yeah, exactly. mental football player. It's just an unknown. We don't know. He could come so he has a lot of proof. And pick up, jump right in those same boots and just keep on walking. I mean, yeah. you, you never know. And if he, if he's able to get everybody lined up where they need to be lined up and all that. 
he might not even need to be as instinctive as Puzlesny because of his yeah. insane physical ability. Yeah. So that's a different type of thing too. He. He's he kind take, of like Telvin Smith, as he doesn't have to read the play immediately, and he can still make a play. He can, yeah, he can make up for it. He can more, react more to a play than have to anticipate something. Right, which isn't what you want. You want, want the guy to anticipate exactly. and then be able to just annihilate the play. Because when you have guys that can anticipate and have insane physical ab- mm-hmm. ability, that's when you see like Thomas Davis, um, his other his teammate Luke, Luke Keekley. Uh, Patrick Willis, that's when you see guys really become elite football players. And plus, Lesney's never been an elite football player. He's been a very good middle linebacker, but he's never had the physical ability that Miles Jack has. So it'll be interesting for him. Uh, Another guy we want to see uh, improve and prove himself in 2017, Allen Robinson. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, you you look back... I, I was little old 2015 me. Oh, I can't wait till next year. Allen Robinson's gonna he's gonna win the MVP. He's gonna be a 2,000 yard receiver. He's gonna break Randy Moss's touchdown record. And then 2016 came around. Yeah. And it's just it it looked like a different guy. At times. At times there were there he would you would see flashes. Right. And then he would he would drop a ball in the end zone and get picked off. In 2015, he was consistently wowing you. And, and, and making different plays than in 2016. It was more, he was beating guys at the point of attack, jump, getting, jumping up, get, winning jump balls like no other. They called them 70 30. Yeah, or 60 exactly. 40. Because they weren't 50 50 balls. balls. They were not 50 50. Yeah. He was coming down with yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, we barely saw that last year. Right. The 50-50 balls did not go his way a lot last year. A lot of the time when you would you would see him be able to make catches, he would either create separation or he would make an impressive catch, but not necessarily the 50-50 ball where both guys jump up in the mm-hmm. air to go get it. Sometimes you would see him catch the ball in traffic, a lot of traffic, yeah. very heavy traffic, <laughs> even like one-handed catches in traffic. But you just didn't see him going up for the ball and snagging it out of the air like he did the year before. He's got to get back to that, obviously. Like, look, look at the, the, the Titans game from 2015. Whew. It was unreal. Yeah. He looked like a man possessed. I mean, he was a pro bowler. Yeah. And he was the best receiver at the pro bowl. Yeah. During the pro bowl game, he was the best receiver. He lit it up. I mean... He's a talented player. He's got to reestablish himself as the Jaguars' best receiver. And I and I think teams they changed the way they defended both Bortles and him. Oh yeah, um, they played defense differently against the Jaguars last yeah. year. Played a lot more zone, and Bortles could not read it. One a lot bit. more. I think it was a lot more cover too. Yeah, putting the safety over the top. I mean, it it was just a recipe for disaster. Just a whole amalgamation of just Bortles. A Rob, um, Hearns, Hearns getting was injured in, in and out of the lineup. Um, Thomas being injured. Lee, Lee, running backs being injured. Lee making more plays and perhaps focusing the you know offensive kind of turning and focusing more on yeah. on Lee a, a bit. I think to start this year, who knows how it's going to play out, but I think to start this year, defensive coordinators are going to be nervous. Yeah, what do you do? I mean, what are the Jaguars about to do? Yeah. 
Are they going to line up in the I form and just run it down our throat? Try to do that with uh, Brandon, Linder paving, Brandon Linder paving the way up the middle. And then uh, Marquez Williams blocking for Leonard <laughs> yeah. Fournette. You know, you got to be worried about that. But then you got to be worried, are they going to just come out four wide and line up D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, Allen Robinson, and Allen Hearns? And how the hell are we going to defend that? Yeah. There's going to be some matchup problems, and we said that last year, and it didn't come to fruition, but it was a perfect storm. I feel like they should be a lot more, which bringing in a fullback and trying to be a more power offense, you would think that it would kind of dumb down the offense some. But, I mean, with the playmakers you have, and when you can throw four wide receivers out there that might be better than any other other combination of four in the league. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just run it out there and, you know, change things up it's easier said than done in, in, when you're in the flow of a game but I mean you can go out there and, and you can run power and have the guys to do it or run out there four wide and just go four verts yeah <laughs> and go nuts something else now AJ Can's another player that we really want to see improve he is uh, also uh, he's from the 2015 draft class uh, third round pick <laughs> He had a very solid rookie year yeah. at um, at guard, and he just didn't follow it up very well with his sophomore campaign. He's a guy that even this offseason, Dave Caldwell has said, I believe he can be elite yeah. in this league. So he's a guy that's got to step up, obviously. I think it's make it or break it for him this year. Oh, yeah. If he doesn't play well... You're looking for a guard in the draft next year. Easily. Yeah. You might be looking for At two. least one. <laughs> yeah. At least one. So, I want to see him step up. I think he needs to. I think if the interior offensive line can block for Leonard Fournette, I think Williams is going to block very well for Fournette. I think Linder's going to block very well for Fournette. Are the two guys next to Linder going to be blocking well? Mm-hmm. That's important. Because if those two guys can block well, how do you stop Leonard Fournette? Yeah. If your three interior linemen are blocking well and your fullback's blocking well, how do you stop Leonard Fournette? You just hope you to load the box with eight or nine people, and then Blake Bortles play action. Yeah. Marquise Lee touchdown. Dee Westbrook touchdown. Of course, this is idealistically as a Jaguar fan, but it makes sense. Yeah. It is. It's realistic if those. If the two guards can help pave the way with Brandon Linder, it is going to be something else. Uh, Our last guy that we really need to see improve might be the guy behind Blake Bortles that really needs the most improvement in terms of where he was drafted and what he needs to become. Dante Fowler, 2015 pick as well. Top five pick for the Jaguars. What do we want to see from him this year? You To me... He's not. He's gonna be behind Unique Ngakwe. There's a ton of people out there. He's thinking, gotta be. He, they're not. There's a lot of people out there, not Jacksonville local, but Nashville guys, who are basically slotting him as a starter and aren't even mentioning Unique Ngakwe, which is crazy. It's idiotic. But I mean, it's idiotic. It is, and it's unprofessional. It, yeah. It's they. They just looked at the depth chart and said, "Okay, here's a, a top five draft pick. Yeah. We're slotting him in." But you basically want to see him start doing pass pass rush moves that might not always get to the quarterback, 
but can be effective in making the clock a little bit shorter. I mean, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden come out of the gates and be a 10, 15 sack guy. It's just, it's going to take, take time for him. It's possible, though. Yeah. Not 15, if, if, I would if, say, but I think he could flirt with 10. If he progresses and, and learns moves and counter moves and can focus on a strength and go from there, then yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, he, he could light it up. I mean, look at what freaking Andre Branch did. He, yeah, he made himself some money last year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think he could flirt with ten. I I think he could also end up with four or five. Yeah, I mean, he has got to become more consistent as a football player. Yeah, and he's got to do it quick. Time's running out. I know it's not fair, but he lost his rookie season in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, time stops for no man, yeah. so he's got to get it going quick. And it doesn't help when Unique Ngakwe comes in and puts up eight sacks as a rookie third-rounder. Yeah. Really shows him up. Uh, he's got he's to make some moves. Hopefully he can. Now, Leonard Fournette, whose jersey's now available. Yes. I'm definitely getting that Tape, over, tape over your Dwayne Gratz jerseys now. <laughs> Put those Fournette stickers on the back. Exactly. What an embarrassment he was to the number 27 number. <laughs> we'll just forget him. Just remember Rasheen and Leonard Fournette. Yeah. <laughs> so Fournette, according to NFL.com, is the number one candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Fair? Unfair? Who do you think might have a better shot? It's, I mean, it's, it, it's got to be him. I mean, unless Trubisky comes out. To be the out, favorite. Yeah, it, unless Trubisky comes out and, and he's going to be the starter. He's got it. Um, and plays really I mean, well. Yeah, if Trubisky played um, even like just slightly above average, he would probably I mean, win rookie of the year. Dalvin Cook. Has to beat Latavius, which he will eventually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Latavius ain't going to just be a guy. Latavius isn't just going to be a guy that doesn't get any carries. He's going to get his, yeah. even if he's the backup. I mean, you got John Ross, who can play really well in that offense in, in, in Cincinnati. So, I mean, but these are all guys who have got A.G. Green in front of them. They've got Latavius Murray they're battling with. Yeah. They've got... An, uh, Corey Davis in Tennessee is, I think, yeah. a strong candidate. Yeah. But, I mean, he's Leonard Fournette has as good of talent as anyone out there, as good of a spot to play as far as he's going to be the bell cow. Yeah, I think he has the road to Offensive Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. that has the least amount of resistance. Yeah, You know, Dalvin Cook's got the- people to fight with. He's got Latavius. He's got uh, his own fumbling issues. He's got to make sure he's good to go. Um, Corey Davis... Titans haven't had a potent offense. He's going to have his own battles. And how's a small school guy going to translate to the NFL? Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams, he's got a lot of uh, competition in San Diego. And I'm, I'm, I'm not very – he, he would not be very that high on my list. I, he's, I think he's a good football player, but he's, he's he not be a, a touchdown big machine, playmaker. Man. He could be a touchdown machine. He's a very physical guy, but you've got to be, you got to be able to beat people in the NFL, yeah. and he just cannot separate. I mean, to me, he could be like Calvin Benjamin. Breaking news, Blaine Gabbert signed one-year deal to the Cardinals. How about that? (laughs) Adam Schefter just tweeting out. Good stuff. So, Blaine is once again an NFL quarterback. Good for him. Wow. Hopefully, for the Cardinals fans, 
He never finds the field. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Carson Palmer's injury prone and he's old, but hopefully they can find someone else. Yeah. To not be, to not have Blaine Gabbard as your number two. But to your answer, yes, I do think Leonard Fournette is and should be the favorite for offensive rookie of the week of the year. Yeah. He's just got an easy road. I mean, he's going to touch the ball 20 times a game. Yeah. Improved offensive line, great offensive weapons. He's as good Hopefully at... Hopefully a defense that will force some turnovers and give some short field. And he's got as much talent as any running back in the NFL right now. Yes, no question about that. So, we've talked a little bit about guys that need to improve, some different PFF stuff. This is an interesting conversation. Which Jaguars receiver can they least afford to let go? Alan Hearns is on a deal. He already signed his big money deal. Four years, $10 million a year. Alan Robinson and Marquise Lee are go- both going into their contract years, assuming they don't get re-signed before the season. If you can only keep two of those guys, which two is it? Oof. And if you could only keep one, who is it? it for me, the order goes... Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, Allen Hurts. I mean, you just you, you got to keep the guy that are playmaker guys that are playmakers. Um, Hearns is solid; he'll give everything he got on the field. But I want I want to I want the guy who can go out and and make big plays on a on at any given. Okay, game. this is a funny question. Allen Hearns or D.D. Westbrook? <laughs> I gotta give it to Hearns just because he's done it in the NFL and he's gotten paid for it, and we know he's solid. Didi is still. I think you get some some GMs that might disagree you, though. Yeah, this, just the skill set he's got. Yeah, he's but but he is a small dude. You don't know if he can stay healthy in the NFL. Never gets hit though, and he plays physical. Yeah, it's man. I don't I don't want to feel like I'm hating on Alan Hearns, but. It's an intriguing question. And it's a question that they're going to have to answer this year. Now, I agree with you. I would rather have Lee and Robinson. Not sure what order. I would would say Robinson right now, but Mm -hmm. it could go either way. Um, Speaking of Marquise Lee, though, he spoke with Jaguars.com live. And basically... His only worry is staying healthy every day yeah. for a 16-game season. That's all he's worried it about. should be. They ask him if he looks at stats, if he's worried about improving his technique, anything like that. No. Just got to stay healthy. Stay healthy. That's how you get paid. And his answer to the question, did, he, did last year's breakout performance make him feel like he was really an NFL receiver and all that stuff? And make him feel like he belonged. He was like, nah, I already knew I could do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just about staying healthy. Yeah, yeah. So he's confident in his skill. And he's a guy... He's a guy that might get drafted pretty early in some fantasy football leagues. He's an explosive football player. And if he's featured more and more and more... Which it'll be hard to do, considering how much talent you've got to spread the wealth. But who knows? I'm officially to the point where I'm super excited about this offense, and I know I shouldn't be. <laughs> I, I just hit me just Here's now. the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. As Jaguar fans, we're conditioned to train ourselves to say, 
wait a second. This doesn't. This is too good to be true. On paper, this is legit, except yeah. for Blake Bortles. Yeah. And I mean, national pundits are giving the offensive line a lot of crap. Local people are too. The Jaguars organization is much more confident than everyone else about that offensive line, and maybe they should be. Was Patrick Omame bad last year? No, he, he filled in. Chris Reed played. Chris well Reed wasn't bad. Good. Tyler Shatley's a good backup. Yeah. Um, what's our other guy? Josh Wells there yeah. reassigned. He's a good backup. Parnell, they're confident in. They're confident in Albert. They're confident in Robinson. Maybe we're the ones that <laughs> doesn't know what's going on. We'll see this year. Can't blame it on Gus anymore, though. Yeah, that's no, for that's, sure. That, that scapegoat's out. <laughs> um, that's going to pretty much do it for our show today. Thanks for listening. And uh, again, this has been the 28th episode of the Gen Jack podcast presented by Bold City Brewery. Find Bold City Brewery online at boldcitybrewery.com. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And make sure to follow Gen Jag on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag. You can follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein One. Follow myself, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo. And make sure to also check out genjag.com. Number one local blog in the 904 and the best Jaguars blog in the world. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> and uh, make sure to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. We forgot yeah. to plug that. We brought <laughs> We brought it in on Hooked on a Feeling. Shout out to you, Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Go check it out. Have a great day, Duval. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.